Yo, it's the Rap Radar Podcast. My name is B-Dot. Elliot Wilson. Happy post-Thanksgiving, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> so got the yams, man? Some leftovers, man? Man, B-Dot? I got leftovers till Christmas, man. <laughs> you right? Absolutely. Dark meat, white meat, everything? Everything, the man. The ham, the hog? <laughs> All that. Shout out to Shirley Caesar, man. <laughs> It was a very uh, thankful Thanksgiving. Yeah, man, we did a lazy episode. We just wished everybody happy Thanksgiving, and yep. uh, that's all we did. But, but now we're back at it, man. Back we're to working, work, man. man. We're ATL, man, we can't escape this ATL lifestyle, man. These, these artists are all in Atlanta, man. What do you think it is? Atlanta's more than strip clubs and great wings, man. Aren't there three thousands out here playing the flute somewhere? I don't know what's going on in Atlanta, man. It's crazy. But we're in Atlanta for a special reason and a special yes. reason only. The queen. The queen. The queen is hyped up. The queen. <laughs> queen Naja's in the building, man. Queen Naja, man. You know what I'm saying? I like, I like how we talk to the women, man. You know what I'm saying? The culture, man. The women's voices need to be heard in this culture, man. I feel like this is the season we had the most female voices right? so far. So. We had the two Monets. Two Monets. Victoria Monet. And Janelle. Janelle and now Monet. We have Queen Naja. Queen Naja, man. The project's good, man. More butterflies, man. Appreciate her taking the time with us, man. You know what I'm saying? We... We try to show the scope of it, man. Uh, you know, and her ties to hip hop are strong too. Like that big Sean record is like her biggest record, and she's been on features with everybody from Benny the Butcher to Jeezy to, to Fabio, mm-hmm. Fabio Foreign. And she went to Utah to talk to our good friend NBA Young Boy, man. Yeah, we all live to survive. <laughs> God bless that woman going all the way to Utah. She's like, I'm getting him in the video. Absolutely. She's like, she's like, I'm not playing, man. I'm, I'm I'm working out here. You know what I'm saying? But it's really interesting too. We talked about this in the conversation. Like she's. The, like a broken star, and especially on the YouTube space and like in the, in the social media era. Yeah. But it's like she's still, you know, still earning her bones, and so to speak. You know, yeah. like, no, it's tricky because I mean, I, I saw somebody quoted the New York Times in 2018 says she's like the first soul star of the social media generation. Right. You know, and like, you know, like a lot of times now, like the younger generation, that's what they see as career goals, right? Like the way you want to be a journalist per se, mm-hmm. like, they want to be famous off YouTube and be a gamer or be a streamer. And like, you know, and she she actually broke through that way. But at the same time, once getting in the door that way, obviously there's a lot of care and artistry to her actual music and yeah. what the goal she wants to reach through her music. Facts. Because sometimes know? it doesn't translate. There's a lot of artists that are big on one social media platform, but, you know, outside in the real world, they're pretty much anonymous. Absolutely. But I feel like she's doing a great balance in that. Yeah, we've seen that all the time. We got 5 million followers and can't sell 5,000 records. <laughs> You can't sell a free show, man. <laughs> Word. <laughs> nah, but nah, it's interesting to hear her grow like that as an artist. And like I said, I think the project's really dope. And, mm-hmm. you know, just showing the range, man. And we're, and we're getting down to it, man. Beat out the season's wrapping, wrapping down, man. We got two more episodes. What, two or three? How much we got left, man? Final countdown, man. Final countdown. The oh, year's shit. going down, man. You can play that Jay-Z, Can I Get an Encore? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want right. more? <laughs> Say it. Who we talking to, man? we got to talk to, man. You we'll, know what I'm saying? We'll see. But in the meantime, in the between time, we got Queen Naja. So, absolutely. Buckle up, man. You know how we do it, man. Rap Radar Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, Rap Radar Podcast. Elliot Wilson. My name is B Dot. B Dot, what's up, baby? You feeling good, Elliot? We got the Queen here, baby. The Queen's in the building. <laughs> hello, hello. Queen Naja. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I like how y'all just bounced off each other like this. Yeah, doing chemistry, this for a while. Yeah, nice. I like how you bounce on this trend. after the butterflies. What's going on? You say forget us album talk, whatever. I'm about to lace the people, give them some music. Yeah. We can't close this year out without some new music, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna drop an album. Well, the beginning of this year, I was like, I'm for sure dropping an album, but from the paperwork and 
all that the producers and lawyers like from it taking so long i was like i can't wait i'm gonna just drop this as an ep mm. and i left a couple songs off because it would have been an album if yeah. i would have kept them on it there. feels like i mean it's hard now in this world like what's the ep what's the, yeah i call them projects i feel mm -hmm. like it's a it's, but it feels like a full project it doesn't feel like a appetizer it feels yeah. like oh it's on full course meal. so you listen to it i did of course listen to okay. it. of course we did okay some people i go do interviews and they just like you know we hate those people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and Love I know it. Fading Away, the opener on the track, mm -hmm. is one of your favorite records. Mm -hmm. Like, what resonates with that? Why you did you, why your research. So I like that. <laughs> um, why, why is it one of my... Well, it's very, like, vulnerable. You know, I feel like I, when I listen to the song, I feel exactly, like, where I was in that moment when I was writing it. Mm. When I said, laying next to you while you were asleep, I was actually... I, I was actually laying next to him while he was asleep. And real life. Yeah, it was like real life. And I, I like um, most of the, the songs that I do when they're like completely transparent. I'm not adding or subtracting anything. Mm -hmm. um, they just resonate with me the most. Yeah, I mean, right. this is, that seemed to be a common theme of like you tackling relationships and like and also showing your kind of strength and resilience mm -hmm. throughout yeah. that. Is that a common thing you think you kind of land on as a writer? Um. Pretty much. I mean, people get tired of it. They're like, why are you always writing about the same stuff? And it's kind of like, I mean, that's that's the kind of artist I am. I write about love and heartbreak and like really love in all aspects, to be honest. So yep. in this particular project, it was me like bracing myself while embracing myself. Mm. So like I was pretty much um, getting ready, well, preparing myself to have like another failed public relationship. Mm. And it was like gonna be embarrassing, but I was like, fine, I gotta do it. Like this time I'm not gonna go to a different man or get in another relationship. I'm just gonna have to face it and love myself. And so that's self-love. Self-love, right. Track two. You have two songs, Butterflies and Butterflies Two in the past. Did those songs serve like inspiration for this project? Um, yeah, they do, because like I wrote those songs. Well, the first butterflies was I was wrote that I wrote that when I was like freshly falling in love with my current partner, mm -hmm. and like when I say the feeling was so it was just so new and fresh, um, especially coming from like a a toxic relationship, and then uh, butterflies part two, two years later I wrote that song and I was still in a very like great space. Mm -hmm. It had been some up and ups and downs or whatever, but like you know I was in a good space. So I feel like. Um, and then I feel like I am a butterfly. I don't know. Okay. I, mean, I, love, okay. I love butterflies and I love like the, the story of them and like how they grow and everything. And so this, the reason why I named this, because I thought it was clever after the butterflies, uh, kind of like after the honeymoon phase mm -hmm. right. or after like um, when stuff start hitting the fan and stuff start getting a little ugly. And um, that's what relationships are. It's like mm -hmm. good, bad, and ugly. The challenging times. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what I wrote about. I mean, the first album, Misunderstood, you released during COVID and you weren't able to promote it. Mm -hmm. So this time around, do you feel like you've been redeemed? Um, You know, I mean, it's not an album, so it's not as much pressure around it. Mm -hmm. But I am doing a, uh, I'm able to be out and do interviews and things yeah. like this about it that I didn't get to do in COVID. I, I like the feeling better of being a, around. So I did like a little run in L.A. and then I'm going to do one in New York and, you know, here. So I feel like I redeemed myself. Redeemed. Yeah. What was the vision of picking these songs for this project in your mind? Um, well, they were all the songs that I had. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were 
Well, I had more music, but it just um it didn't align with the it just didn't align with the story of the after the butterflies. The theme, but yeah. um I did when it was gonna be an album, my whole the whole uh what was it called? Track, track list? list? Yeah, the track list, the order of it was gonna be different, but I had to rearrange it or whatever. Mm. Actually fading away was gonna be very like late in the project. Oh wow. Mm. But I made it number one. Um I like that. Yeah, I made it number one because it was just it sound it was supposed to be an interlude, but mm. you know it sounds like intro-y, mm. so I just made the first one. Right. And even down to Soul Tide, I just feel like it has a sort of anchor to it. Like, yeah, I had yeah. to end it beautifully always. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a very pretty song. I love pretty melodies and stuff like that. So cool. Right. You got some pretty voices on there. You got Monica. Mm-hmm. I know you grew up listening to Monica. Yeah, I love her. So how much of a full circle moment was it for you to have her on the album? Super full circle, <laughs> like big full circle. Um, because yeah, like I I grew up listening to that stuff, but it was because my mom did. So mm-hmm. like, she's closer to, of course, like my mom's age. But I feel, and she's a she's a legend, yeah. like in my yeah. eyes, you know. Um, so it is a full circle moment when people like Monica are just openly willing to hop on a track, and I don't have to tug and pull. And like people like Mary J. Blige, a lot sharing the stage with me. Yeah, um, and Babyface right? put me on the album, so yeah. like. Yep. I be feeling like, dang, I must really, you know, they must really see something in me. So yeah, super full circle. But you, but you broken barriers. Like I remember I saw some New York Times, 2018. They said you're the first soul star of mm-hmm. the social media generation. Yeah, they like call how, me that. Like, how does that land with you? Like, how does that make you make you feel when you? It makes me that? feel like a pioneer. You know, like I started, you know, just vlogging myself on YouTube. And not that I ever really wanted to do that in the first place. I just did it because I was broke. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it feels good to to say I'm the first in something. I know Soulja Boy can't. <laughs> so, no, let me not have him come with me. But um. But what was the yeah. motivation? Like you said, you was broke. But what what made you think that? Oh, let's let me share some stuff on YouTube and like have that courageous step to to start sharing your life with. It wasn't world. my idea. I'm gonna get a credit to my ex for that. I'm gonna give because he's the one that really wanted to be famous and stuff like that. And mm. he was like, you gotta. We was, you know, we was on Section 8 and like we had a child and everything. And I really just didn't care about being in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've done American Idol or whatever. And that was that. That was more for singing. But yep. he was the one that was like, let's like, let's get on YouTube or whatever. And um, I was all right with it. But my my personality, people naturally gravitated towards me because I don't know how to I didn't know how to be like have a switch i was just always myself yeah yeah on social media and they felt like they just could relate to me so much and even more so when i made my own channel and i was able to show them more of queen and Mm. not just queen being you know in a relationship so um it was more so his fault reason why i got on and and just being broke really Mm -hmm. yeah it feels like uh you had to turn a watershed moment uh, five years ago in Times Square, mm-hmm. you know when you caused that riot. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> I didn't that I didn't like. I never thought something like that would happen. That was actually scary. I was actually pregnant, mm. so they had to put me on their shoulders and stuff and get me to the car. And people was getting trampled on. It was scary. Wow. Mm. I don't like stuff like that. But um, there were a couple videos on the internet. I actually made the news. Yeah, yeah, and it was saying, "I don't know who is that with the blonde wig," and they thought it was Cardi B <laughs> or like. I was like (laughs) that was crazy do you feel like that was like your breakout moment um when you put the world on notice yeah I would say I would say because that's when I was like dang people actually 
I got a lot of love in New York too. So mm. shout out to them. Shout out to New York. We're the New Yorkers, man. <laughs> we Those also go to there. we also go to Utah sometimes. We mm. went to Utah to see this guy, young boy. Mm. We did an interview with him this year, did very well for us. But I thought it was so dope that you had the song with him and you said, I'm going to Utah. We gotta get this fool in the video. Yeah. We gotta get it done. No fake love. For sure. Yeah, I had to go there. Um, I just felt like well, first of all, that song, it was supposed to be released summer 2022. Mm. So I was like, if I'm going to put this song out this late next year in August, like I at least have to have something. So like I wanted to have him in the same screen with me. I know a lot of people, mm. he did like things on green screen mm -hmm. and with other artists and they did it some elsewhere. But I wanted to be there with him. And I, I think it was, yeah. yeah, I think it was fire. He was he was great to work with. Right. I was scared at first. <laughs> I was scared at first too. <laughs> I was scared. He's a, he's a complex young man, yes. but I think he has a he's a good heart. I think yeah. he do too. Yeah. yeah. Why but, do you think YB was like the right voice for that song? Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna be honest because I'm a transparent person. Um, it was a few people, a few a few rappers that I I had reached out to, and um, a couple of them had me running around, just like giving me to run around. I ain't gonna mm. say no names, but um. Young boy, I actually someone from my labels recommended him, and I was like, "Dang, I don't know how that would go because he seemed like such a like yeah. a yeah. Guarded, I don't yeah. know how to yell." I was like, "How yeah. could he be on this sweet song and like how could <laughs> we mesh together?" But um, he really surprised me when he he sent me. Actually, he was the first person to like get back on get on the track mm. jump on the track and, okay. yeah and and i really appreciated that yeah. because to be honest he streams very very high yeah, and yeah. i didn't expect yes, for indeed. him to get back and then he sent his verse back the next day mm. so i was like what the hell like <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know why whatever but he sounded really good and he said is there anything you want me to change and i was like yeah i was like dude like i kind of told him to do the um the the pre-hook or something mm -hmm. like me the Tupac sample, yeah. when I was like, I won't deny it. I wanted him to do the same thing. So he changed it to that. And I think that it meshed together really well. Right. Dope. Yeah. He said he didn't even charge you too, right? He didn't. Wow. Charge you to I the think game. that's crazy. And y'all promise, ain't nothing happened. <laughs> 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 I promise nothing how He just chose not to charge me. And that's one of the things respect. he said to me was, I don't know why, but he was like, I need you more than you need me. I'm like, what do you mean? I need you more than you need me. But I'm glad that it was mutual and like we were able to help each other out. Yeah, due to all the security clearance and stuff like that too? Yeah, it was easy peasy. Mm, mm -hmm. Nice. Was this like a continuation of the Jeezy record? Because you had fake love with him on TM 104. Now you have no fake love. I didn't think about that. No, it wasn't <laughs> oh, okay. a continuation, but wow. <laughs> I, I didn't think about it that yeah. way. No, but I know you did songs with like Benny the Butcher, uh, mm -hmm. Fabio. Like, I saw something you said that you like being like you like getting on like the Thug records. I do, I do. <laughs> I just feel like I'm like the complete opposite. Like, and I like to see the fusion mm. or hear the fusion of the two. Um, I like how it, you know, how they used to be back in the day yeah. with the the roughnecks and the sweet girl. And I feel like I just bring that, you know. How does it feel being like the go-to person for that? Because you have records like Big Sean, Russ, Jeezy, Benny. Like, I feel, how's it feel? I mean, it feel good. I feel like you know how Tupac used to have those records and a girl used to be on there just singing. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I feel like if I was back in the day, that would be me. So I feel like you know, it feels good. Right. I'd be wondering. I'm like, what y'all 
what do y'all see? Why do y'all want my voice to be on there? Like, because I'm not even like that. Really. Mm. But you know. But you get raunchy with it though, too. Like a little cuss words in the first verse and all that stuff. And the stuff. crazy thing is, I used to never want to cuss in my songs because mm-hmm. you know I grew up a church girl, so I tried to not. At some point, I want to cross over and do gospel. You know, I want to mm-hmm. do a gospel, mm-hmm. and I be trying to not bring myself too far away. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you gotta just. It it sounds good, like yeah. the curse. It sounds a little bit more edgier, yeah. so. But I don't curse like when I'm talking. Right. But I know you love them samples too. Cause like yeah. on the oh, record yeah. with you and uh little Dirk lied to me, you sampled mm-hmm. it the barge that, you know, Tupac made famous too. Mm-hmm. Like what is it about them samples that you really enjoy? I just enjoy taking older music that was so good and just like turning it into something new and modern. Mm-hmm. And people people get on my nerves when they come and like, oh, it's another sample, like and people just don't understand that even the great sample, mm-hmm. like when I yep. listen to old Facts. school music and I'm thinking they the first to do it, you go back and they sample somebody. Yeah. So it's nothing new under the sun. Like, but I do feel like, you know, it seems like the songs that are more known of mine are samples mm. and probably because it's just so familiar to people and they, they're the ones that make it bigger. So right. they obviously like it. Doing something right. Yeah. When you start impacting on YouTube, did you did you see that bridge of how that's gonna help you with your with your career to take off? Like I didn't see it. Yeah. I didn't see it because back then, um, it's like I did make music and I did record music, but it was like with him. Mm-hmm. And everything was branded under our name. It was never my own name. Mm. Um, so I, I didn't see how that would work. But once I did start my channel, and I got tired of explaining myself. I just made a song out of the situation, medicine. Yeah. And I really didn't think it was going to do what it did, but it did. I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Like on self-love, you have this lyric. You say, you try to uh, please everybody around mm-hmm. me. It consume my days. Has that really been a struggle for you? Um, mm-hmm. Just trying to. I'm a people pleaser. Um, and that's not just in relationships. That's with family and with friends and with everybody around me. Just trying to make everybody happy to the point where like. I don't have nothing left for myself. Mm. Um, and it's very hard trying to make everybody happy. And I've I've struggled with that since I was a little girl. I feel like even in school, like growing up, just trying to just. Right. But um, even now, I still struggle with that. But I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah, you did say uh, on Twitter, you said you did a lot of self-work this year. I did. And it's going to pay off next year. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things you uh, improved on? Saying no. Mm. It's very hard for me to say no. Um, and I'm a Libra, so I really don't like confrontation, but I've learned to have those hard conversations mm, mm. because it's needed. I went to therapy um, and it helped me just like face the, like talk about what I need to talk about. So I can do that also with like other people mm-hmm. that I love, have those hard conversations and you know, if that person ends up not being in my life no more, then that's what was meant or whatever. But you got to have them. Right. Yeah. That reminds me of your song, Words of Affirmation. Mm-hmm. Very powerful record. Like, what, what motivated that? Because Words of Affirmation is my love language. It's my top love language. Mm. I noticed that, like, gifts are nice and everything. I like gifts, but it's nothing <laughs> like... And, and touch is nice, too, yeah. but that's probably my second, but... It's nothing like when hearing uh, a man tell you how beautiful you're, you are 
or like how proud they are of you. Um, the man that you love, of course, the man that I love. Mm -hmm. And so I was just, it's okay to like request or demand how you want to be loved. Um, just like it's okay for a man to do it as well, mm. you know, because mm. we're all loved differently. Um, and we all give love differently. So that's really, that song was really me just expressing what I would like mm. in, a, in, a, in my man, mm. pretty much. Mm. Yeah, one of my favorite songs is Taboo with Eric mm. Billinger, man. <laughs> Eric B. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> like for some reason when I heard it, it gave me that same feeling that when I first heard Marsha and Bros's uh, Far Away, mm -hmm. the way that you- Oh yeah, it was so, that was a, honestly, I think that's the most different record I ever done. Mm. And I was scared to do that because I was like, mm, this belongs to Victoria Monet, <laughs> not me. But um, it turned out, it turned out really great. Um, that song was something because I know that don't really fit the after the butterflies yeah. thing. That was more so about me expressing the idea of, I mean, exploring the idea of cheating or having like a sneaky link because mm -hmm. I'm always the one being cheated on. So, you know, I wanted to just make a song about how, how it possibly would feel to right. cheat. But I don't <laughs> think that would feel good, to be honest. I don't right. think I would live with myself. But it's funny you mentioned Victoria Monet. Like, you're not afraid to show love to other women. Like, I saw you said that her album is the Tito. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was I was listening to her album for days after it came out. For yeah. weeks, actually. I'm not afraid to give women love. Even if they don't show me um, love back, that's fine. Yeah. Because what when I give love, it's, like, genuine. And it's, like, I don't really expect nothing back in return. Mm -hmm. How do you, you connect with L LMA on that note for the, for the project? Me and LMA have been connected for some years now. I think, um, I don't know, I forgot where we met, but we've always like had each other's numbers. So anytime mm. I would run across a record I thought she would fit, I would send it to her and see if she liked it. And obviously this is the one that she liked the most, so she got on it. <laughs> um, but that's probably because of the the West Coast vibe. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know you love Beyonce. I saw that you went to her show. You said you left speechless. Oh, yeah. You said, was, I never experienced something like that in my life. I haven't. That was like, that show was honestly, I don't think I'll ever be able to go to that. <laughs> that was crazy. Like, that's some crazy stuff I've seen. Like, every, you know how you go to a show and just like you're looking at just the stage? Like, you were looking at everything around you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was crazy. The, everything was so big. It was just humongous. And I, I, I don't see how she got up there for that long and did that. Because that couldn't be me. <laughs> that's why I said, that's why she's Beyonce. Mm -mm. Well, are you planning on touring for this project? I do. I plan on touring. Mm. I got to get some things together first. Okay. Um, I got to get my show together because mm. I always like to elevate. And I did my own. I did two of my own shows headline. They were all sold out. And then my first Serena tour was Mary J. Blige. Mm -hmm. And so now it's time to elevate my show and yeah. switch it up a little bit. Mm. What was that experience like touring with, with Mary? Oh, it was amazing. I love being an opener. <laughs> <laughs> it was less, it was get to less, your seat get to your seat yeah. i'm here i mean it was in the building for me okay you know, hello. that was, was an arena early wait um, so why do you love being opener people feel like that's a that's a challenge a, to you know i mean because i it is a challenge because you got to open up the show and like start it off and get the vibes going and I, I did i got them going but mm. like it was also like my set was shorter and i was fine with that because it was less pressure on <laughs> me um and it was just a little sample of the experience of the arena, yeah. you know, now I'm not scared of arenas anymore. Mm. So 
Because it's so big, I guess, was the yeah. initial thought. And then I, at the end um, of the tour, of course, they had like a little after party. And I sat with Mary and spoke to her about some things. Mm. And I was happy that we got to like chop it up. And she dropped some gems on me and stuff like that. Mm. What was it like connecting with Babyface? It was dope. <laughs> it was super dope connecting with him. I don't know why I just giggled like that. But um, I remember the first time we met, I went to a studio in L.A., and he was just sitting here all quiet and I was like nervous. But um, that actually wasn't the song that I did on his album. That wasn't supposed to be the song that we started on. I mean, that wasn't the song mm. that we started on. Mm. And um, yeah, we ended up doing something totally different, but he was very uh, open. Like he didn't try to mm -hmm. control the song or the situation. Mm -hmm. Like he allowed me to, he really allowed me to do my thing. Cause mm. I even changed the production up on the beat and um yeah it was dope working with a legend yeah what do you think about your music is is makes you distinctive in the landscape of, of this r&b because not a lot of attention is being put to it now right so um, it's doing well there's a lot of grammy noms mm -hmm. out there like what wh what's your approach you think it makes your your music distinctive in that landscape that's a very broad question people always say like, <laughs> what makes you unique um <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Mm. If I could be really honest with you guys, I don't know what makes it distinct. Um, Your yeah, honesty. That's honesty. really my that's honest. True. Like I don't know yeah. what makes it distinct. I just go in and I do whatever is on my heart or, you know, um, and I, I love those pretty melodies. So a lot of times I don't just have them pull up beats Mm. We make beats from scratch. Wow. Okay. So like out here, okay, maybe this is the answer. Mm -hmm. So I hear um, a melody in my head, maybe on a plane or like really late at night, in the middle of the night, I'll hear yep. like a melody in a shower and I just love the melody. Mm. And then I'll go in and I'll hum the melody to them and then they'll play it on the piano. And then after that, I start beating on a table with a pencil and I wow. tell them, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I tell them like, you know, I want it this way or, and then they'll go through um, different instruments. I may not know the sound, I mean the mm -hmm. name of the instrument, but I'll make, I'll try to make the sound. It sounds funny coming from my mouth, but <laughs> like, it's just a whole creative process, yes. not just from, everything is like from scratch with yes. me. And there are yeah. very few songs that I've taken um just as is kind of thing. as is and you even if i records. did i had to make it mine yeah um so so you're a producer yeah basically. i don't i'm you're not a, a i don't push the buttons but yeah. i i am a producer yeah. and i maybe one day i'll learn how to do that but i don't know if i, I don't know i've heard it get a lot of money though but, <laughs> but um that ep looks good though executive producer looks fire. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah that's fire um yeah. but i guess you bring the, but you have to have a vision in, in place. Is yeah. what you're saying, like you're not yeah. just people sending you tracks. You're just singing on. Yeah. Them. So I like don't know if songs. that makes it distinctive because I'm sure maybe other people do it too. You mm -hmm. know. Um. But I feel like when people hear my voice, they know it's me. Yeah. yeah. I will say that. Absolutely. Um. So maybe my voice is distinctive because even when like I was trying to be so low in New York. And I was just talking and people mm -hmm. knew it was me. I had on a mask and everything. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was like, oh, I knew it was you. Because I started talking. I'm like, I don't know how they know my voice. But yeah. well, I think your writing is also a strong suit. How did you develop that? Um, I've been writing since I was a little kid. Mm. So, like, I used to, probably was like six or seven. And I used to be in my room beating on a windowsill and 
making up songs about love, <laughs> like mm. since I was little. Mm. And then when I was in third grade, um, I instead of playing like on swings and at recess, mm-hmm. I used to have like three girls come under the little thing where like our voice can echo. Yeah. The little what is it called? P- pavilion or yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah. Our voices would echo, and I would go home and make up songs. For us all to sing together, like we was like Destiny Child. <laughs> but I've been writing songs really about love since I was little, and that's wow. funny. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you like, do you like the idea of giving other people songs or just keeping everything for yourself? I thought about that, but I'm kind of stingy. Like if I write a song, <laughs> if I write a song, I wanna, I wanna sing. I want stingy. my voice to be on it. I mean, mm. there are a there are a few songs actually that I wrote that are. Um, Maybe other, someone else would sound better singing it. Like I have like a country kind of song, mm. Um, mm. and this I have this like pop rock song that if I put that out myself, they're gonna be like, "Girl, what is you doing?" Like, <laughs> so it would be nice to give it to someone else, but maybe I haven't like got to that point yet. To I'm still trying to work on myself, and mm-hmm. so yeah. And what's going on with you trying to take us out, man? You started your own podcast? What's going on? Oh, I'm not trying to take y'all out. It was an accident. It was an accident, to be honest. Um, So I was, so when I left YouTube, um, I left so many people. Like I still, my subscribers are still there. I still have 5 million plus subscribers. Wow. Just sitting there. They never left me. Sitting there. And I felt like, dang, that's really bold, like for me to leave them behind, you know? Mm. But I didn't want to go back to YouTube doing pranks or challenges or any of the things that I used to do when I was younger because that's not me anymore. And that's out of style now. Like, no one does that anymore. Mm. So I wanted to find a way to go back to YouTube in a more, like, mature way um, where, like, they could maybe hear my voice and my perspective of things more. And so I brought my best friend on so it could be more like a chit-chat girl talk thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know why I called it a podcast because once I called it a podcast, people start running with it. Um, and now it's a podcast, like, you know, and, and now we're about to get like a podcast trainer and like, I'm like, oh, this is getting serious. And people already reached out to, to like buy it. And it's not even like, but I don't, I ain't trying to do that. Like, Mm. I just want to wait and I guess work on it. Cause we ain't even like, we don't even know. Mm. We got to speak on topics of that's trending and stuff. I don't really know how to do that. We just talk about right. <laughs> girl talk. So. But it's a balancing act because you're a singer, now you're mm-hmm. a podcast, but you're also a mom. Yes. Right. <laughs> That's a full-time the job. The realest job. Right. The realest job mm-hmm. out here, right? Like you even said, you just can't get up and tour without feeling guilty because mm-hmm. of the kids. Like, how have you been able to it's balance tough. that? Um, Man, my last tour, when I went on the Mary J tour, that was the first time I ever left my kids at home mm. and I was boohoo crying. Wow. Like, I was so sad. I didn't want to leave them because, but you know, they're in school, so they got to go to school. <laughs> but yep, right. there was a time when, when I was pregnant on my first tour, I was like eight months pregnant and I had my three-year-old with me mm. and I didn't care. Like I didn't care. I would bring them if I could, but they got to go to school. Got to go to school. So um, it's, it's really a, I'm going to try to tour like at a time where they're not in school, maybe like mm. summer, but I really like the fall tours. Mm. But um, it's a it's a lot because they're getting older now, mm-hmm. and now they realize like when I'm not there, and mm-hmm. I don't want them to grow up saying, you know, Mama didn't raise me, the babysitter did or the nanny did. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. Like I want to raise my kids, so that makes it very tough. Yeah. Uh, is your oldest son a fan of the music? Is he yeah. tapped in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> CJ, he is. Um, 
It's and like, my youngest. Eight too. and four, right? Eight and four. Okay. Yeah. They're about to be five and nine. Oh, wow. Really okay. soon. January and February. Yeah. But yeah, they, they know it. I think my youngest son is gonna be a producer or hey. like a singer. Okay. Yeah. You got the you got the bug in him already? Yeah. Um <laughs> he um he's very smart, mm. my youngest. And like he it's so weird because I'll I'll do it on purpose. I'll like go up the key the scales of singing. Mm. And like if I do the wrong key, he'll be like, No, like that's wow. not the right wow. one. He knows wow. his keys, like and he'll keep restarting something if he's just really gifted when it comes to music too. dope yeah i think that's something you said in the podcast about how you almost, i think it went viral a little bit about how it's different if you're a parent you have kids like women that are single mm-hmm. have way more freedom to do certain things and you yeah. have so much responsibility to balance those things out yeah it it's crazy like i i, I said it i said i envy women a little bit with no kids <laughs> but you know Sometimes they envy us because we have kids, mm-hmm. and sometimes yeah. you want what you can't have at the mo- at the moment, or what you don't have, yep. not can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's very hard. Like I don't, I've never really gotten a chance to know myself, so I'm still trying to learn myself mm-hmm. because I spent my twenties having kids. <laughs> yeah. So, how challenging is that to s- s- share so much of your life to the world? It's not as challenging. Hmm. I'm I'm like an open book. I have to really watch myself with oversharing stuff, hmm. even when it comes to talking to strangers sometimes. Like, you get into a good conversation, you start just oversharing. <laughs> so I've always been a person that talks a lot and, like, tell my business a lot, and I really need to slow down with doing that. <laughs> but it's not it's not a challenge. But yeah. um, I think what the most challenging part is, like, when you tell your business and then people come back with all of these opinions about it, or like what they their theories of what may have happened because even though I tell my business sometimes I don't tell everything right yeah. so sometimes people will come with what they think really happened and then I want to say so bad what really happened but like I can't because I can't overshare or whatever so that's probably the most challenging thing is when you want to correct something but like it's none of their business anyway <laughs> yeah. right so what's your what's your take on a new generation where it seems like you know, you broke through social media, but it seems like we have a no generation now that want to be famous and they want to be streamers. They want to kind of break through that way. Like, is is that concerning? Like that, that so much is influenced by that culture. My son wants to be a streamer. <laughs> My oldest son. Yeah. And honestly, it's like it's. I don't. It's it's okay. You know, it's it could be toxic because a lot of the things that like. For my child, like, I really don't want him to see a lot of things that happen on social media. But it's too late. He already yeah. seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he I think already... it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Um, I think that for singers like me, it's tough because I don't, sometimes I don't want to get on TikTok and dance. <laughs> or sometimes I want to make, what if I just want to make a song that's like a little slower pace? Mm-hmm. Ten min- that's 10 minutes yeah right. but it don't make but yeah. it don't go viral on tiktok because it's slower pace or it's not trendy like mm. yeah i'm sorry like i'm not that kind of artist like mm. i don't that's why it do take me a, a long time to drop which i'm gonna work on that but like i want my stuff to be perfected and mm. like mean something and yeah. nowadays everything is like microwave mm. and my stuff be baking in the oven <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, but I think it is challenging when it comes to like, because, you know, the labels also mm-hmm. like yeah, nowadays pressure, yeah. they, 
you know, they don't take an artist from ground up. You already have to have a platform, and yeah. then they'll take you from like maybe that level to yeah. You got to meet them in the middle now. So yeah. it's like even with me leaving YouTube, and actually even YouTube, mm-hmm. people don't watch um, long winded videos anymore. They mm-hmm. want TikTok and right. shorts. Shorts. shorts and reels. So yeah. now I have to like that. I'm even learning something new in that. Like it's very hard for me to um, not just do a vlog like a long winded, and I have to put everything in like thirty seconds. Fast. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's why I don't, you know, I have trouble doing that. I'm trying to work on it. But it's interesting because it's like you mentioned you have like 5 million subscribers on your YouTube page. Mm -hmm. By, I guess, a label standard, you're developed. But Mm -hmm. you still, like, have this kind of, like, development stage that you're going through at this particular time. Yeah. I I have to learn new stuff every day um, Mm. with the social media and everything like that. They be on me about doing content. But, like, I be wanting to enjoy my stuff. (laughs) I don't... (laughs) I have yeah. to record. I have to make sure I take my phone out and record everything. Like, if I go to a spa, I have to do a self-love spa and put my <laughs> song on there and, like, put self-love on the the music on there. But I have to, before I lay down and get a back massage, I got to record the bed and, like, set up the... I think it's real funny, like, when I see people <laughs> setting up the camera and then they go walk past it. <laughs> like, or they right. set up the camera and, like, turn on the shower. Like, I've done it before because yeah. it's what you got to do. But I think it's... It's just crazy it's what the cringe. world come to. Yeah. It is cringe. <laughs> it's cringe. But just on the artist side, like we looked it up, your certification game is pretty strong. You got a lot yeah. of platinums, a lot of golds. Like I'm plaque But I, I, I guess you saying like you don't. But seem like even with the song with Big Sean, it doesn't feel like you're chasing hits or trying right. to like mm-hmm. heavy handedly force a hit. Kind I don't of thing. chase them. Um, I I almost got to that point where I was trying to chase a hit, and mm. that's when I lose passion. Mm. I just like I remember I had an A&R um, named Jeff and when I you know he was like really trying to get me to you know create the you know urban music because it's true when, if you get a number one on urban it like change, changes the trajectory of like your career yeah. mm. and I have been very close but I haven't got a number one on urban yet mm. but I'm not an urban artist mm. I'm not an urban artist like when it, I'm an R&B artist, like I'm not, I have to compete with so many rappers and so many popular singers that like, I don't think I'm the most popular singer, mm. like maybe on social media, I'm a little bit more, but when it comes to other artists, like my peers, I'm not the most popular. So whoever is the most popular, their song is probably going to get mm-hmm. to number one quicker than mine. Um, and I just, Dang, I just forgot the question. What was no, your question? No, not chasing hits. Chasing not chasing oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm not, yeah, I'm not chasing that. But when I tried to for a minute, um, and, and I lost passion. Mm, yeah. And then I didn't like the music. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's two worlds, like the YouTube world, the social media world, and like the traditional world, like with people having traditional nine to fives? Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel like it's a divide? Yeah, I think it is. It's definitely a a, a division there. Um, and I feel like also people that work nine to fives or regular people sometimes look at us um, differently hmm. or like as maybe more privileged or whatever um, because we're like in the spotlight. Hmm. And so we don't get to have regular emotions hmm. or feelings or we don't get to express it because we should be grateful that we have who told me that? I think I was with Kendra G um, on my album release day, and she was like, if it helps 
um, regular people don't look at us as like regular. That's why when um, we express ourselves about certain things, they tell us to just kind of mm -hmm. shut up mm -hmm. and deal with it because you're a celebrity or, mm -hmm. you know, or you're known. Right. And I guess anyone that has their life on social media, they're looked at as like, some on a pedestal yeah. and sometimes Somewhere. people on social media lives is not even there yet right. you know but even as far as audience retention like do you feel like the the youtube fan of queen naja is the same fan that listens to your music maybe mm. um there are some people that say that they only know my music um and they they caught me right when i you know medicine mm -hmm. and they don't know my youtube stuff yeah that's me <laughs> and then there are some people that have been with me from ground up my yeah. like when i first first even before youtube mm. um and those people they're more likely they know my music as well because mm. they probably follow everything yeah right i know you've been following this artist for a long time a marie oh yeah i love her have you finally met her i met her over the phone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she was supposed to come on my podcast. Um, and she probably will still come. But uh, it was something going on with our babies. We're moms first. So. Oh, okay. Um, sure. I can't wait to meet her, though. But we talked a, a lot about other things besides music on the phone. I think she talked to me about a holistic doctor for my mm. kids. And, you know, she has a book club and everything on YouTube. So I'm like, girl, you could teach me some stuff outside. <laughs> but, um yeah, I, I met her and I told her if she ever wants to, you know, do some music stuff, then we could do it. I think that would be another full circle moment for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. What was about Amory that you gravitated to when you were um, younger? When I was little? Yeah. Um, first of all, I just thought she was so pretty. Like, <laughs> I used to watch 106 in Park and all the shows a lot. Um, and she would come on a lot with her hit records and stuff like that. And I just... <laughs> wanted to be her and I wanted to look like her when I grew up you know as a little girl I don't know why but I always wanted to grow up faster than my time mm. I couldn't wait to grow up mm. um and so like just looking at her that's the woman that I wanted to be like she's the one that made me want to be in the music videos mm. and um and just she just had such a unique sound mm. back then mm. so she was that whole fake love there's so many bands I'm running through it's like kind of uh, a little yeah. nod to her <laughs> oh right? yeah I did yeah I did that on that was like homage you know paying homage to her yeah. right um some people are like why'd you why didn't you just come up with your own but i did that on purpose like yeah nah for yeah. real yeah are the people still blaming queen nacha or are they over it i think people are over it now okay. <laughs> i think the reason why they're over it is because like i indulged in it too much mm. and it was like oh joke is over she's like <laughs> onto it at first when i used to let it bother me they kept doing it because it was funny but i don't really care no more so right. there's nothing to really i mean that people i've seen people still do it but like very few yeah you pulled the eight mile on him. Like, you owned it. The yeah. Queen. <laughs> it was so stupid. It was like one of the stupidest things ever. I don't even understand how that came about. Word. It's 2024. So, we get the album 2024. What's, what's the future hold? What's what's next, Queen? Um, Should I overshare? Maybe. Yes. Why not? It's the Rap Radio Podcast. Go on. Jinks. I don't know. Before I start creating more music, um, there's something I want to do first to, like, change or expand on like my team mm. um and i want to get that right first okay. before i start so hopefully if that goes well then i mean it's gonna go well <laughs> but um there you go yeah it's gonna go well not hopefully it yes. will um then i can start doing music and and working with um so do you guys know who no idea is right 
Never heard of him. <laughs> Dion. Dion. Love no Dion. ID. Love Dion. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually gonna start helping me with my next. Oh, that's um, dope. Wow. That's and he dope. actually signed me to Capital when I first got signed. Oh, wow. He's the reason why I went there and signed. Oh wow. So um, I'm really looking forward to working with him a lot, a lot, and you know, bringing me because one thing about him, man. He made me trash my whole first album. He didn't make me, but like wow. <laughs> my whole first He's a album. Tough critic. Like he, you know, and the music was, and I now understand. I look back like, dang, I'm so glad that I listened or whatever. I mean, he didn't tell me to do it. Mm-hmm, I don't want mm-hmm. nobody to think he made me do it. Yeah. But from the feedback that I got on the first batch of songs, it was more so not, it was more so about the like production of, mm-hmm. you know, production, not yeah. my music or anything like that or my, what I wrote about. But, um, I take his opinion very, yeah, um, very seriously. Mm-hmm. Obviously, so I'd be glad to work with him on some new music and for him to connect me with the people I should be connected with when it mm-hmm. comes to like other artists I should be working with or producers or anything. So that's next. That's so looking forward to that's that. Super hip hop, man. Yeah. Come on, we haven't really got nothing from No ID since like four 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 on a prominent level like that. Yeah. So I know he um, works with Snow a lot too. Snow Allegra. Oh. Okay. Definitely. I love her. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That and then also um, just outside of music, becoming more and more of like a businesswoman. Yeah. And uh, a clothing line, right? I don't want to call it a clothing line. Okay. Apparel. Yeah. Apparel. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's more so like, yeah, cozy, comfy. Because I just, I'm big. I don't like wearing heels. Like, I like to be comfortable. <laughs> I right. want to be comfortable, but also cute. So that's what my mm, line is cozy. Gonna, yeah, comfy and cozy. That's what's going to be based around, like, loungy, not lingerie or anything like that, but just super comfortable. And I got to find that uniqueness, though, because everybody can have, anyone can have a lounge line. So yeah. working on that, too. Well, we appreciate you taking the time. Meantime, after the butterflies, up. though, man. <laughs> stream that stream that y'all so you said buy it too I said, oh yeah said. buy it I, someone told me I really need to uh, you know I hate this word train but like encourage my supporters to you know if you really support me then buy it you know like we take $10 all the time and, and go buy a combo meal or like <laughs> spend it on some throw it at something like if something that you really support or want to listen to you know yeah. purchase stream it stream it and buy it stream and yes. buy you know what I'm saying yes sir Thank you, Queen. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Rap Radar Podcast. Yeah. Rap Radar is Interval Presents original production from Hyperhouse, produced by Laura Wasser. Hosts and producers, Elliot Wilson and Brian B. Miller. From Interval Presents, executive producers, Alan Coy and Jake Kleinberg. Executive producer, Paul Rosenberg. Editing and sound design by Dylan Alexander Freeman. Operations lead, Sarah Yu. Business development lead, Sheffy Allen Swag. And marketing lead, Samara Still. Make sure to follow Rap Radar or listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.